Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Uh, if you guys don't know, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about uh, relationships. We talked about toxic. The title was Toxic. And... Um, it's something that we need to learn. Now, now listen, uh, the difficulty for me in preaching words like this is the fact that it's difficult. <laughs> Why is it difficult, Pastor? Because I look at y'all's faces when I preach, and I see nothing but complexities. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What are you saying? Listen, I have been charged to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So as I preach this word, I pray that while you were praising God, that as the Bible says that Judah plows. What does it plow? It plows the hard grounds of your heart so that it may tear up some of that hardness in your heart that you are able to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Amen? Amen. I am charged to preach all of the word, not some of the word. Amen. 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 And everybody, you said everybody in here is doing well, right? Anybody feeling a little under the weather? No? Yes? Well, you know, even though it's not flu season, you know, there's the flu going on. Esto puede no ser la temporada de gripe. But the CDC has said that there's a summer flu that's actually going around. Pero el CDC ha dicho que hay una flu de verano dando vueltas. The weird thing is, it's not the season for the flu, but people are still coming down with colds, the bug, are flu-like symptoms, uh, y mucha gente se está enfermando. Alguna vez llamaste a tu trabajo y dijiste que estaba enfermo, y no estaba enfermo en absoluto. <laughs> Listen, trust me, as many times as some of you guys in here called in to work sick and wasn't sick, can I get an Amen. Yeah, you've called in work not sick because you probably weren't feeling well, but have you ever called in work sick because you knew there were people at work that were sick? Like, I don't want to get sick. Huh? No quiero enfermante, eh? I don't want to get sick. So you call in sick, and that's fine. Trust me, it's okay. But either way it goes, nobody wants to catch any infection from any infected person. Por favor, no vengas a trabajo enfermo. Please do not come to work sick. So while we're at work, I don't know about you, but you know, we've come up with these techniques, methodically come up with these ways and learn how to recognize signs and symptoms of people that are infected or rather that they're sick. Aprendemos a reconocer signos y sintamos de enfermedad porque no queremos enfermos. And we learn these signs and symptoms so we don't come down with this sickness or these nasty things that other people have. And for instance, we look for signs like uh, buscamos señales como coughing, runny noses, mocosas, (laughs) sneezing, estronandos, pale skin, piel valida. And some people look fine. But you know that they're sick, and you can tell just by the way that they're moving. Something's wrong with them. 
Algunas personas se ven bien, pero están enfermas y son contagiosos. Contagiosas, thank you. Somebody say contagious. contagious. Oh, yes. The problem with most of us is we, is we run into, and even we may come in contact with these people, we forget to do the number one thing when you come into contact with people that you know that's sick. What is it? Wash your hands. Cuando entras en contacto con personas con contagiosas, el método número uno para combatir infecciones es lavarte las manos. Lava tu mano sucia. Wash your dirty hands. It's okay. Your hands are dirty. You know, you don't want no sick people, people sneeze in their hands and go to shake your hand. Y'all going to watch, watch. After today, y'all going to be thinking about me because when you're going to go up to talk to people like, yeah, man, you're like, hey, what's up? They're like this, hey, you're like. Right? Somebody say contagious. The other problem we have being around people that may not appear sick but they're incubators for viruses, and the CDC calls those people hosts. They may not be sick, but they're carrying the disease. When you come into contact with these people, they seem to leave you with more than what you came with. And now you become a carrier of their condition. Yeah. Let, let me give you an example. If you guys ever have a mosquito land on you, they're subtle, right? The Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any other creature. What does subtle mean? It means you, you don't notice it. Usually you don't notice a mosquito has landed on you, well, chose you, landed on you, bit you, gotten everything it needs, and then leaves, but you feel irritated after they leave. How many people know some parasite people? You got some parasite people in your family. You got parasite people at your job. They show up. It's like, where did they come from? And they come and they suck the life out of you. Oh, my gosh. They don't, they, they, you try to get in one word. No, they just want to complain, talk about their life, that everything, they want to put everything on you. When they've gotten all your energy, they leave. And you're irritated. They left you with something that you didn't want. <laughs> Somebody say contagious. It only takes one infected person to come into a community of well people. Undetected, if they're undetected and they come into a community of well people, they will inevitably infect the whole group with their sickness. Somebody say contagious. No matter what translation you are reading from, no importa, no importa que tradición está yendo, Fellowship with wrong people can be devastating to your Christian character. La comunión con las personas equivocadas puede ser devastadora para su carácter cristiano. Hay dos tipos de personas con las que la Biblia nos advierte que no debemos tener comunión. There are two types of people the Bible warns us about not to have fellowship with. Number one, 
non-believers. Los incredulos. Number two, the disobedient. El disobediente. Esto incluye a tu familia. Even if one of these two are part of your family, you are not to have fellowship with. We've learned this over the last couple of weeks. And people were kind of devastated because naturally we always say, it's my, but it's my family. We are taught here in America and especially certain cultures or ethnicities that family comes first. But I like when one of the disciples came to Jesus because Jesus was working and he was serving. They said, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside waiting to talk to you. And Jesus said this, ¿Quién es mi madre? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? And then he answered with this, Los que hacían la voluntad de mi padre que está en el cielo. He said, the ones that do the will of my father that are in heaven are my brothers and sisters. This tells me that blood is thicker than mud. And I'm not talking about the blood that comes from their vein, that runs in your veins because your brother shares the blood that runs in your veins. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the blood that we are covered in is thicker than any mud. Mud is a derivative of dirt. We were all made from dirt. So if I have a brother or a friend in Christ, he comes first before my brother by relation. Hard saying. But sometimes we got to come out and break out from some of these traditions that we're in that are leading us to ungodliness. We also learn that hunger and thirst will cause us to eat things we don't normally eat. Don't be on a diet. You know, especially late at night. You know, you, you guys ever be up late at night? You hungry? You know you ain't supposed to eat certain things, but you'll go and you'll eat. You'll, you'll eat things that have been sitting in the refrigerator for weeks. I told you guys about Naked and Afraid when, when those people that were vegans would swear up and down. They would never eat any meat, nothing that came from the land. But after about four days hungry, they began to change their vegan character to satisfy their hunger. That's preaching. Because sometimes... We are willing to compromise our Christian character because we're hungry or thirsty for some type of relationships. It's like I would rather hunger and thirst for righteousness than hunger and thirst for companionship and significance. See, if you really look for it, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll find others that are hungering and thirst for righteousness. And in hunger, your hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll find companionship. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. It reads this. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look up on the Sky Bible, y'all. Don't be fooled. This tells me that people are fooling themselves. I could handle it. I'm solid, grounded Christian. Don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. 
The King James says, bad company corrupts good manners. I'm going to break this scripture down for a moment, and we're going to understand the meaning before we go any further. When looking at the scripture, the question is that we need to ask ourselves, what exactly is bad company? Well, bad is defined as this, not good in any manner or degree. Having a wicked or evil character, morally reprehensible, of poor or inferior quality, defective, deficient, inadequate, or below standard, not satisfactory for use, inaccurate, incorrect, or faulty. That's bad. And we also read, it says that bad company will do what? Corrupt. The archaic word, the archaic meaning for corrupt means to infect. You guys ever, you know, guys that do your computers and stuff, you say, the program is corrupted. What that means, it's been infected with a... And unless you stop that virus right there, it will spread throughout your system and corrupt your whole system. So we're looking at the word corrupt. Corrupt means infect. It means to be infect, to contaminate. So if you sum up the scripture, it tells me that people that are wicked, morally reprehensible, and have questionable character will infect me, contaminate me with the same issues they have. Think about it. And as I'm saying this, I want you to think about some of the people you hang around with. Think about some of the people you know, that you know are bad people. Now, I do need to remind you, you know, even somebody came up to Jesus and said, good master, he goes, why do you call me good? There is none good but my Father in heaven. See, we have this thing that's good, but it doesn't mean God. You may have friends that you like and love you, and they do nice things for you, but that doesn't mean they're good in biblical terms. That doesn't mean that they're really helping your godly character. Somebody say contagious. We are seeing an influx of bad company, or rather infected people, coming into our churches, coming into our ministries, into our jobs, in our families. What once was a good, healthy, growing community is now sick and dying because we allow one person to come into a community. If somebody came in here with the rotavirus, it only takes one person with the rotavirus to come in and can infect all 200 people in here now. One person. Now, if somebody came in here and had the rotavirus, watch this. I said, oh, my gosh, somebody had the rotavirus. They're right there. And they came, sat next to you. What would you do? Well, the Christian thing to do, pastor, is to love on them. I need you to hear something and understand something because we've never put these two together. Somebody comes in with a virus that you know is contagious, that you know can kill you if you catch it, and you've seen that person walk in the room. You're not going to run up to them and hug them. You're not going to sit down and have dinner with them. You're not going to commune with them and share cups with them. You're going to get as far away from them as possible. But we don't do that with sin. But yet the Bible is telling us 
that people of bad moral character will infect your godly character. It means death to your Christian character. Come on, pastor. Today, I want to help all of us recognize bad company and what we are to do when we discover this infected person. The same way we can tell if somebody is physically sick by looking for signs of sickness, coughing, sneezing, running noses, etc., is the same way we need to recognize the signs of those that are spiritually sick. Because if you don't, the scripture says that we will be infected also. Man. Now, now, now I'm just going to help some of you parents. I'm going to help some of you parents out who have children. You know those kids you don't want your kids hanging out with. Come on, Mom. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, Mom. This is your time to start throwing a shoe at me. I remember my mom was like, I don't want you hanging with those people. Why? Because even naturally, you don't even have to be in church to understand that bad company corrupts good manners. You don't want your daughter hanging out with fast friends. And you don't want your son hanging out with Thugnificent. Am I right? Because they're going to start acting like them. You ever have your kids come home and you're like, where'd you get that from? Bad company. (laughs) But when it comes to us in our righteousness and our relationship with God, we are willing to compromise and hang out with those that will corrupt our good Christian character or lack thereof. Somebody say contagious. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, 12. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church. Somebody say church. church. Now say it dignified. Say touch. Yes, he was writing a letter to the church of Corinth on today. Praise God. He wrote this letter to the church, and I say that because I'm going to point something out to you that he wrote that we as Christians and theologians so often overlook. It says, I wrote to you in an epistle, a letter, not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet, I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or with extortioners or with idolaters, since then you would need to go out from this world. Let me stop. Explain this. What he's saying is, Look, I wrote a letter to you not to company with sexually immoral people, not with adulterers, with covetous and, and extortioners. Do not, do not fellowship with those people. But he's saying, I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm not talking about those people in the world because you should be around them because you're light and, and that darkness needs light. So I, that, that's where I'm sending you. You need to be around these people. Because if I tell you not to be around these people, then I'm, I just got to take you out of this world. So I want you around those people to, to help encourage them to come love and know me. So that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, which shall glorify your father in heaven. So, so that's what he's saying. But then he goes on to say this. You guys ready? But now I have written to you. Not to keep company. You know, you know who you is? Let me read this again. But I have written to you, the church, 
not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an adulterer or a reveler or a drunkard or an extortioner. Don't even eat with such a person. This is a trip because we're sitting here and as we're sitting here thinking about people hanging with, we're thinking about our friends that are out there. Dirty Dan. Freaky friend. Right? Well, I'm not supposed to keep company. You ought to be a friend with them, but understand there's a difference between friendship and fellowship. See, as a friend will warn somebody of some danger, not pat them on the back while they're walking towards death. A friend will tell you that, that that relationship ain't good for you. A friend will tell you, listen, man, you need to give your life to Christ. Hey, man, it's Sunday. Get up and come to church with me. You know, let me pray for you. That's what friends do. Friends don't stand by while their buddies are dying. Physically or spiritually. You got a friend that's an addict and you sitting there drinking or smoking or doing whatever with them. You're wrong. You are contributing to their death and the blood, their blood is on your hands. Praise God. <laughs> Sick. Paul is saying, look, there are brothers, there are people in the church that are all these. <laughs> in the church. And he says, because they're in the church, they're sick. And because they're sick, they're contagious. And when you recognize and see that they're contagious and, they're, and, they, and they got these things, stay away from them. Why do we have to stay away from them? Because they will corrupt our good character. So we look at this and we see that Paul said sexually immoral. Let me just first, let's identify what immoral means, okay? Before, because there's a big argument that we have in the world about what morals are and what's immoral and, and what isn't, but let me read this, what immoral is. It's referring to conduct that applies to one who acts contrary to or does not obey or conform to the standards of morality. It may also mean licentious and perhaps dis- dissip- dissip- dissipated. Man, I speak Spanish better than I do English. <laughs> immoral, amoral, non-moral, and unmoral are sometimes confused with one with another. Immoral means not moral and connotes evil or licentious. Thank you. Connotes evil or licentious behavior. So we know what immoral is. But now here's a question. Okay, immoral means you're going against the standards of morality. And that's where the problem comes in because morality has changed in the world because what was once bad is now good. And I hear the argument all the time, you know, because, you know, the Bible said back in the day this was bad and now it's okay. Well, they said, they said slavery was okay at one time and now it's bad. Was it always? It was always immoral. Slavery in the Bible isn't the slavery that we had in the United States. They took care of their slaves in the Bible. They were ordered to. It was the law to take care of their slaves. In American slavery, it was a lot different. So don't give me no Bible scriptures about that and morality. But I do have to say, if you want to know what the morality is as a Christian, I'm talking to Christian people here today. I'm not talking to worldly people. If you're in here and you ain't saved, then guess what? Just 
have an ear to hear what thus saith the Lord. The standards of morality are found in the Bible. And they do not change. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what movie star gets up and protests about what. The morality of the world for Christians is found in the Bible. How do I know? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord your God. I change not. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He has started. He said it. He's the end. He doesn't change. God's standards of morality hasn't changed. It will never change. And his list of infectious immorality won't change either. I love how God did it. He didn't leave no loopholes. So many of us think there's loopholes, but it's because we don't read and study. But God was specific. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9 through 13. Once again, watch this. This is a letter to the church of Corinth. But he had to remind people because people get so high-minded in church. Cracks me up. We get so high-minded in church that we think, well, they're not talking to me. Man, that was a good message. That was for you. I hear it all the time. Before I was a pastor, if I missed church from somebody, man, that word, man, you missed church today. That word was for you. You missed it. Word is for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians 6, 9, 13. Listen, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Who doesn't know that as a Christian? The unrighteous. People that don't know Jesus, people that rejected Jesus, they're unrighteous. Our righteousness on our own are like filthy rags. Our righteousness is Jesus Christ. And if we are found in Jesus Christ, we are made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. So because we're in Jesus, we are righteous. So Paul is just saying something to him because he knows they're a little high-minded. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Then he says this, don't be fooled. Church folk. We know that unsaved people ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. But listen, don't fool yourselves. Now he's saying, even you, church folks, fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. See, Paul threw that on there to let some of the people that are saved know so you don't go around judging the people next to you. Don't forget where you came from. You was a drunkard, a homosexual, an idolater. You were sexually immoral one time in your life, so don't you turn your nose up at anybody else because the same grace God has extended to you, he's extending to everybody else. I love when he says this. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know what that word sanctified means? Set apart. I pulled you out of that darkness and dirtiness and sickness to set you apart. Because over there is death. Over here is life. And if you keep hanging around death, you're going to get sick and die. So I pulled you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. 
so that you can attract darkness to come and be in the light with you. People that are infected, people that are bad company will infect us with the flu virus. You guys know the flu is killing people. We were just talking about it the other day. I don't know what it is. Either the flu is getting stronger or people are getting weaker. Think about it. When I, was, when I was a kid, I used to ride my skateboard, didn't have a helmet on. I would fall and hit the back of my head. Just boom! Blackout. See stars. We call it getting reset. You get reset. Black light. Then you're doing like this, and it hurts so bad you can't even cry. Like noise won't come out. You're like, ah. and what your parents do? Come on in the house, put ice on your head. Don't go to sleep. Remember that? Don't go to sleep. We got kids falling and bumping their head now and dying. We got kids catching the flu virus and dying. And it's the same with Christians right now. We're getting the flu, the spiritual flu virus. The, the word flu that I'm saying here isn't, isn't influenza, it's influence. Because you got people that will influence you to go the wrong way. God knows that these people have influence over you. Because somewhere in our hearts as Christians, we feel like we just ain't having fun. Huh? Some of us are like, man, I want to have fun. Some people are like, beating the Christian people, man, it's okay, man. Come on, man. God, this is God, man. It's, it's good. We're fellowshipping. It's okay. We're watching out. We're keeping each other accountable. It's okay to do that. And, you know, you kind of got that, man, I, I ain't really had a good time in a long time. Yes, it's your flesh. People with spiritual flu have the capacity to have a negative effect on our character, development, and behavior. Let's talk about some signs. Let's have some quick fun real quick. Quick fun before I close out. Some quick fun about some flu symptoms. You guys know what flu symptoms are? Okay, we're going to talk about it. Yes, yes. So a flu symptom. First of all, when you, get, when you first catch the flu, first catch the flu, it starts off with a general sense of not feeling well. You get body aches and headaches, right? So this is a stage spiritually. It's kind of hard to notice. It's real subtle. People that are recently infected with the flu begin to show aches in their body language. When they don't agree with something or they roll their head back or they hold their head down when they're asked to do something or they hear something they don't like. You guys get it? Kind of like, watch this, watch this. Listen, everybody that starts serving from now on that serves on Sunday, I need you here by 8.15. See, y'all knew better. It's a start. Remember I use this word, subtle. It's a subtle form of disobedience. I mean, literally, let me me just, I I don't know about your kids these days. You guys know what sucking teeth is? In In my house when I was growing up, if that sound ever happened, it was met by this. Why? Why, y'all? Why? It's disobedience. I could do what my mom told me to do, but if I had an attitude while I was doing it, it was still disobedience. Smack the taste out my mouth. 
You wouldn't care what was for dinner that night because you couldn't taste it anyway. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'll eat it. I, I can't taste it. Taste, taste buds on your hands somewhere. <laughs> Along with the layer of my lips. It's just, it's just there, right? See, this is a sign of disobedience. These are things that we need to see. For instance, when, when, when a leader asks you to do something in church and you get an attitude, you see somebody get an attitude subtly, that's to tell you, you better either try to lay hands on them and heal them. Hey, man, that's the wrong attitude. Or if you sit down and let it go, and then later on when the leader leaves, they talk, man, why do you want us to show up at 8? We're serving both services anyway. That now you done caught what they had. Because you're listening. You're hanging around that sink. They just sneezed. I see Remember, they're contagious. Next thing is a cough. It's a cough. <laughs> you know, people start coughing. <laughs> you know this one. This is the sudden verbal display of disagreement. Kind of just fell out your mouth. You, know? you guys, you know, that kind of stuff. When somebody corrects you and a little word might come out of your mouth. I can't say it. I'm in church. <laughs> Y'all know all you Christians' mouths in here ain't washed. <laughs> You brushed your teeth, but you forgot your tongue. (laughs) People will say stuff, so a leader will say something to you, or somebody in authority will say something to you, but automatically just something comes out. But you don't say it out loud enough for somebody, uh, uh, the leader to hear, but you'll say it loud enough for somebody else to hear. This is another sign of disobedience. And what happens is the people around you, they hear it, and it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. They just got infected. You got to learn how to recognize people like that. It's just like anybody else. If they sat there, if somebody literally was sitting next to you and started coughing, you know, a subtle cough is, is fine. But when somebody starts going, Don't be on a plane with somebody like that. Bruh, bruh. Remember, they're contagious. The next thing is a sore throat. People get a sore throat. That represents people that have a hard time swallowing the truth. You got some friends, you got people that are around you. And because you're a friend, you like to tell them the truth. Hey, that relationship you're in ain't healthy. You know that ain't good. Hey, uh, that dude you dating, he ain't even saved. He says he goes to church. He don't even know his pastor's name. (laughs) But I'm lonely. He found me, and God said that... (laughs) A man that findeth the wife findeth the good thing and find favor with the Lord. I'm his favor in the Lord. Oh You're like, no, do yourself a favor. And listen to what I'm saying. Your attitude is terrible. You need to repent and go apologize to that person. Well, I thought you was on my side. See, they don't want to swallow the truth. Sore throat. You know what that means? 
They're contagious. You let them talk long enough around you, you're going to start agreeing with them. I kind of see your point. Mm -mm. As I close, as I bring this to a close, the only time you should deal with sick folk is to help them. You got to be a spiritual nurse. If you're going to start hanging around them, you come with them holding truth. I, I don't know about you, you ever been in the hospital, you ever been sick in the hospital and they, they're not sure what you have? You're contagious. They know you're contagious. Matter of fact, I've been put in rooms before where they have the negative pressure rooms. So whatever you got, don't get outside the room. So when they, they go in one door, they shut the door, and then they go in another one. And they come in what they call PPE. They, they got masks on, gloves on, the gown and everything. They'll come in. You know why? They want to come in and help you, but they don't want to catch what you got. You know why? Because they don't want to, it's not so much them, they don't want to take what they have and go home and infect their family. So they put on the full armor of God. And they go in to help somebody, but truth. They go in with truth. And here's the, here's the problem, because when you do have those conversations with somebody, when you do go around sick people, you still have a chance of getting sick. So what do we have to do? The number one thing that will help you and keep from spreading germs is what? Wash your hands. Lavas tus manos. That works spiritually, too. <laughs> Watch this. Psalms 24, 3 and 4 says this. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. We got to wash our hands daily. We have to do a self-check daily to see if we're sick. We got to make sure that we're taking all our vitamins and nutrients to make sure that we stay healthy. We got to make sure that we get a good daily dose of the word, that we're drinking the living water. We're eating our daily bread. We got to make sure that we're eating all of the word, the bread, the whole scroll. This is what will keep us healthy. And not only do are we hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. So that when we get around those unhealthy people, we're able to minister to them so that they can recognize how unhealthy they are and receive healing. Listen, some people like to fake sick. And when I or more, I like to say they fake that they're not sick. You guys know what I mean, right? Somebody comes up to you and they got mocos and it's all on their face. They're sneezing and coughing. Eyes are red. Obviously, they got the damp, pale skin because they got a fever. <laughs> Funny thing, if you ever watch somebody's coughing to get a mic and they want to hand it something, somebody's like. Somebody just coughing. <laughs> it's like, man, are you sick? Watch this. <laughs> no, I, I just got allergies. Stop lying. You're sick. You're in denial. Do not be deceived. You're fooling yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. You're fooling yourself. People see that you are sick. People see that you are infected and they know you're contagious. 
When they ask you, admit it. And if it's something you don't know, ask them, what do you see? What's the matter? It's like, hey, I noticed you ain't been fellowshipping, or I noticed you ain't been participating, or, or look, man, you, have you been reading your word? Have you been praying? <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Hey, bro, listen. People look up to you. And I watch how you treat your wife. You're wrong in the way you treat her. Hard pill to swallow. Somebody else is telling you how you treat your wife. But I don't think anybody else would say that unless they cared about you. Young lady goes to another woman and says, listen, you're disrespecting your husband out in front of everybody. That's no bueno. You got to stop. People look up to you. And if you do it, other women are going to do it. Matter of fact, if you do it, you're giving men reasons not to want to get married. Who wants to put up with that? You're sick. You're contagious. And I'm here to help you heal. Matter of fact, are you serious about that relationship? You're, I want to send you over to Margo and, and Carlos. You guys need some counseling. They'll give you a couple more pills to swallow. <laughs> You're bad company. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5 and 11. He says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone, anyone named a brother, anybody that's a Christian, anybody you fellowship with. Do not keep company with them. If they're sexually immoral, can I just stop right there? Because us as Christians, we, we really want to look, like to point out homosexuality. It says sexually immoral. That means adulterers, adulterers. That means fornicators, homosexuality, sodomites, pornography. That is sexually immoral. God doesn't have levels to sin. Just men do. So the liar is no better than the hypocrite. The hypocrite isn't any better than the homosexual. They're all, the murderer isn't more than the liar. It's the same. Sin is sin. It all keeps us separated from God. But anybody acting in these things can influence you. Listen, God does not change. His rules and standards for morality will never change. And I know how you feel about people you love. And I just want to share this with you as I close. And I'm going to say this. God wants us to keep our Christian character so that we may be a good influence on those that have bad character and not them being influence on us. He wants us to be lights in this dark world. And there was a reason why he pulled us out of the darkness as Christians. He wants us to protect our character by not keeping bad company. 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says this, Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I shall receive you. There's a lot of us that won't be received because we're still dabbing in dirtiness. We're still keeping bad company. Come out from among them. 
protect your Christian character. Amen? Amen. You got to give God a praise. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.